Welcome to Metro Health's Prescription for Hope. I'm John Campanelli. A young doctor from Iowa, just a second year resident, learning and caring for patients in one of the busiest and best emergency departments in Ohio. Then COVID-19 hits. And then he gets a cough. Say hello to Dr. Kinker. I guess start by introducing yourself. So I'm Dan Kinker. I'm one of our second year residents in the emergency department here at Metro. Um, I'm from Ames, Iowa. Uh, came out here for residency and live in Shaker Heights with my wife and our three-year-old. What made you want to be a doctor? Well, I don't know. I, it started off as I was probably that weird kid that was looking at, at worms and bugs in the in the yard and um, always interested in biology. And my dad was actually a uh, a veterinarian. I'm a first generation physician in, in my family, but um, I think medicine was always kind of a conversation piece in our in our household science. I, I think that was probably a good launching point. And then when I was an undergrad, I, I was an EMT, volunteered on the weekends in a rural area. It was, uh, I think that was just a, a life-changing experience. I grew a lot and really, really felt like that was a way to connect with other people and felt passionate about it. So I think emergency medicine is an interesting field. It's full of stories and images and experiences that can both be traumatic in certain ways and kind of this, um, this way that, uh, helps you experience and gain perspective on life in so many different ways. And it kind of depends on how you react to it. I felt that there was a lot of times where something was happening that was awful to somebody. And you have to be able to acknowledge that, but also see your place in it. And I felt like there was a lot of value and meaning and and being there during that moment and being able to maybe help something. You know, you can't always change the course of everything, um, but I just felt like that was so meaningful. Um, and uh, Can you that give was a, something interesting to do. A specific incident or case? It's really interesting that you say that. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was um, an EMT basic is what they called it back then in a rural area in Iowa, and I got a page... Um, it was, I think it was actually like 6 a.m. I was being woken up on a icy uh, Sunday morning, and uh, there was a rollover over on a county highway. And we got to the scene, and uh, there was a SUV. We thought it looked like maybe an SUV anyways. It was pretty heavily damaged. It was on its top over the other side of a very snowy ditch and there was there was somebody that was face down in the snow and then it looked like there was a couple people trapped in the vehicle as well when I got there we you know we we checked on this person that was in the snow and it was actually a young woman um, and she didn't have a pulse we tried to resuscitate her and unfortunately she had died Then, uh, you know, I had to take care of her other family members 
who then asked me about, you know, okay, what was going on with this person? Um, so I was 19 at that time. And so kind of informing family of, you know, Hey, your loved one has died. And also trying to then say, we also need to take care of you too. You're also very severely injured. So like that was, that was really difficult. And I feel like that was a huge growing point too. Like, Hey, you know, (laughs) this stuff is real. This isn't just, you know, let's go ride around in lights and sirens um, this is people's lives and, um, this is kind of the roller coaster of life too. So I, I felt like that was a huge launching point and really to this day, I remember, you know, you have, you still have these images, these flashes of, of things that you've experienced in emergency medicine. And that's certainly going to be one of mine forever. Yeah. Well, he certainly proved it was, it was right for you. I mean, a lot of people would have said, it's my last day of work. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that is that is the reaction some people have, and that's okay too. So, what do you do when you're working overnight shifts now? What exactly? T- t- tell tell me what you're doing now for us. Yeah, so um, I'm getting close to the end of my second year, which is three year residency, uh, and uh, doing a lot of emergency medicine. We do off service rotations, with trauma surgery, or cardiovascular ICU or um, ultrasound, all sorts of different things throughout residency. But as we go from second year to third year, we're doing a lot, a lot more um, shifts just in the emergency medicine department. Yeah, I just got off uh, six overnights in a row. And uh, so I had a, f- a few hours of sleep and um, I'm here again. Uh, but uh, I've, I'm really glad to come in and talk to you about this. And uh, uh, I have another day off here. So Tomorrow I'll get some yard work done, hopefully. The the grass is growing, I see. <laughs> what is the emergency department like now compared to two months ago? The the PPE thing is, is a huge piece of uh, thing that you notice. Or it's a huge thing that you notice every day that you walk in, all day at shift. You're much more conscious of what are you touching? What does this patient have going on in this room? Could it be COVID? Everything is, you know... It, it changes your flow of thought. Everything is with a new filter. So your whole thought process of how you work up a patient, how you diagnose them in the emergency department. You know, there's fewer cars on the road, mm-hmm. but more people are at home on ladders, presumably. <laughs> What's changing in, is in the admissions and the people pulling up in ambulances? What, we just I don't know. What, I'm not sure about the, the trauma data. We're still seeing traumas. I think there are some people out there that, you know, they don't want to go. They can't go to the restaurant. They can't go anywhere else. They need to get out of the house. So maybe they just go on a drive. Um, so we're still seeing that. We're still seeing, unfortunately, you know, domestic violence mm-hmm. is up across the country. Uh, so we're seeing that. Um, people are still occasionally unfortunately shooting each other or or whatever but um yeah and and we're starting to see now um there's a lot of people with chronic disease uh whether you're talking about diabetes heart failure um copd or emphysema that have been really trying to stay out of the hospital when they needed to come in earlier and they're coming in and they're very sick 
Um, whether it's an infection on their foot that's been brewing for too long or their blood sugar's over a thousand or their heart failure is out of whack and they have an extra, you know, 40 pounds of fluid on them and they can't breathe. Um, I've seen a number of those sorts of cases. I mean, we already do see that, but it, I, I feel like that's another kind of side effect of this whole thing. When did you start feeling like you might be sick? Um, let's see. I think it was March 14th or 15th or somewhere in there. Yeah, I had I had a some nasal congestion. I felt a little tired. Had a little bit of cough. Um, uh, what is this? Not really sure. I had gone into work on a morning shift and and you had to go up to the the charge nurse to to get your mask for the day and i had said i've had i've had a cough i mean i don't have any fevers or anything and we were kind of looking at our metro health policy at the time and said hey maybe you should go home and and uh, talked with my my leadership and said well maybe you should think about getting tested and uh, then found out i was positive and i was like oh wow okay it was a little anxiety-provoking, I'd say. So you got the long swab down your nose. That hurts. And now I, I know what we put patients through now. It's like, oh my gosh. That, so did you get a call? How did you find out that the test was positive? Yeah, I got a, I got a call. Um, and then I got more calls. When you got that call initially... You mentioned anxiety-inducing. What what goes through your mind when they say, oh, hey, Dan, the test is positive? I think that I, at that time, knew that it was a pretty wide spectrum of illness that, that we were seeing that most cases were minor. I, at that time, I don't think we had a full understanding of how many people actually are out there who may have no symptoms. Um, or very, very minor symptoms. We certainly knew that uh, it was a possibly deadly virus. I'm a young, healthy guy. You know, I did feel like it was probably going to be okay, especially with where I was at at that time with my symptoms. But I think it's, it's it was still anxiety-provoking, especially knowing, too, that it's something that can build over a week's time where you go from kind of minor symptoms and then Seven days later, you're intubated in the ICU. Um, so that was one of the big pieces that I think kind of messed with your head was, okay, I feel okay now, but what about later today? What about tomorrow when I wake up? What about two days from now? There was also the, the fact that um, I, I was at home with my wife and, and three-year-old too, who, you know, at that time we were like, oh my gosh, we've been sleeping in the same bed together because our son rolls in to our bed at like 3 a.m. and we don't have the will to bring him back to his bed. So, uh, you know, we're like, we're already exposed. <laughs> Let's just do this thing together. So there's that piece too, you know, what, 
what have I brought into, into the nest? So what was the arc of your illness? How, how bad did it get? And how did you care for yourself and symptoms at home? My symptoms lasted about, oh, eight or nine days, probably. And it started off with, with a cough that became more frequent. It actually kind of waxed and waned a little bit. Overall, it was fairly minor. And then up until about a week into it, I felt a little short of breath, like going up the stairs. Um, I would feel winded or just kind of, you know, lifting my son up or something like that. I would notice it take a few extra puffs, um, which was strange. And a lot of fatigue. Uh, And then I had uh, some minor fevers, uh, but not many days of fever. So really overall, the, the course for me was... I hate to brush it off, but it, I mean, it was, it was more annoying to me. So now that you've had it, you're immune, right? We don't know. We don't know if that's how protective it is. I think there's, there's some baseline understanding that with respiratory viruses that are similar to this virus, having, uh, had the infection and having had some sort of immune response to it, okay, you know, a fever, uh, cough, and an actual response to it, there should be, you'd think there would be a, a some protection, at least for some time. I'm hopeful that I do, <laughs> but uh, I try to keep an open mind about uh, everything, and I'm certainly still wearing all the PPE and trying to be as cautious as possible. So you are... Uh incredibly even keeled is that because you you are in emergency medicine and that's what it's what you got to be because this for many people is a you know looking at the face of the other side yeah i mean i think i have the advantage one of retrospect now for this having had the infection and and two i had a minor illness from it i could have just as easily i mean we've seen other young healthy folks similar to me that, you know, died from this, uh, or were on the ventilator for 20 days and finally got off or think stories like that. So it is a little bit, it's easier for me from this perspective to, to seem more even keel. I think that you will find if, if you've met enough emergency medicine physicians or people just in emergency medicine in general, that, uh, the ability to stay even keel and um, have a, a relaxed perspective is key to your longevity in the field. <laughs> Do you think that you gained a lesson out of all this? I think that I take hygiene much more seriously. I, I already took it seriously. Uh, you know, you always foam in, foam out, you know, wash your hands and all this, but really, I think it will change a lot of what we do out in the world in public spaces, and with the understanding of, okay, what am I touching here? Am I touching my face now? You know, how do we exchange pathogens? And I think that's that's one big thing. Um, I think another lesson is uh, 
how were we how do we respond as a community to something like this? I think it's been pretty amazing um what we've seen in Ohio. I think uh we've had a great response um and I think we're not being overwhelmed. We're not being um completely clobbered by this thing because of that response. It's I think it's been very commendable. So um that's been huge. How have you been not only having COVID-19, but just being a, a frontline healthcare worker, how have you been treated by the community? Um, I think it's complicated, actually. That's one of the pieces that I didn't fully expect um, certain nuances. You see a lot of stuff about healthcare heroes, frontline workers, um, and there is a certain amount of pride in being able to go to work and knowing that you are kind of at the head of this thing. Um, I think one of the things that uh, I didn't expect, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of backlash on the other side of things. Like you kind of get a little bit nervous about people knowing that you're a healthcare worker if you're out in public in any sort of way, or even in your own neighborhood or your own apartment building or you see these cases around the country of um, so what we call nimbyism, not in my backyard. Like you'll get the rah rah from afar, but um, you're the you're the germ person if you're in their in their apartment building. You know, like are you going to bring death upon them or or something like that? Which is actually it's it's fear. It's you know it's a piece of human nature, but. Uh, yeah, so I haven't gone around and said, you know, hey, yeah, I'm an e- ER uh, resident, and oh, I had COVID, and yeah, hey, nice to meet you. Let me shake your hand. <laughs> Let me help you with your groceries. I certainly haven't been <laughs> broadcasting that as much. Right. Um, haven't seen a lot of that, but it's out there. What do you think all of this will mean to? Healthcare to community in our country. What do you what do you what do you see coming out of this? Well, I really hope that one of the big things that people take from this is is a reconnection to um, to having a meaning of society, of uh, how we gather, of how we take care of each other. I think those are certain pieces that um, only get reconstituted in in times of great crisis Um, and I hope that it brings us together more and helps us understand other people's hardships thank you so much for coming down here and telling the story absolutely I appreciate you having me here and uh, this was wonderful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, wear a mask. Don't worry, you look great with it. Also, Keep washing those hands.
and be kind.